Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Are you spending too much time managing your Airbnb guest communications? With Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated messaging service, your guest communications go on autopilot so you can go back to living your life. Get your free Aviva IQ account at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, everybody, another episode of Get Paid for Your Pet. And today I'm co-hosting with Nicole Williams, the VP of Strategic Partnerships of Hostfully. Nicole, welcome. Hey, Jasper. Hi. Thanks so much for having me back. Always good to chat with you. Is it early for you in San Francisco? I'm in LA and no, it's 9.30. I'm like only a quarter of the way through my day. <laughs> already a quarter of the already, day. Already a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it was an early start. <laughs> a very early start indeed. Awesome. So let's talk about uh, what's going on in the world of Airbnb. I wanted to start with a new startup that I hadn't heard of before. I think they just launched. There's an article in the New York Times and it's a startup. The founder is a 29-year-old entrepreneur. She bought a townhouse in Seattle and she figured that she could rent out a spare room on Airbnb to generate some excellent income. But what she didn't expect was that just by renting out a spare room, she was actually able to pay for her mortgage oftentimes. And so that kind of gave her the idea that you know if you're going to buy a house and you're you know you're looking to rent out a room one of the rooms that's going to help you pay the mortgage and so she figured it'd be a business model behind this her entrepreneurial instincts kicked in as the article uh, says why not okay. give people some money up front to buy a house and then collect a share of their Airbnb rental income in return pretty smart idea yeah well, let's give a little bit more background too, and that this is a Harvard University grad and she is a startup entrepreneur. So this is not her first startup. I think it looked like it was about her third. Great idea. Loved it. We were chatting a little bit about it within Hostfully as well. Very smart. I mean, it helps a lot of people who might not otherwise have that option to buy their first property. What a great security blanket for the lender. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, because I'm sure there's people out there who, you know, they want to buy a house, you know, after everything that happened in uh, 2008, where, you know, people were getting mortgages without you know, putting any money down. I think mm -hmm. the banks have gotten a little bit more stricter on uh, giving people mortgages. So for those who don't have a down payment of, I don't know, like maybe twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, they can go now to Loftium and get up to $50,000 for a conventional Fannie Mae mortgage. And Fannie Mae is a institution that guarantees mortgages in the US. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, long-term institution. There's also, you know, the stipulation, you need to commit to renting 
an extra bedroom for one to three years. I don't know how they determined that. And it sounded like there were only eight days in that 365 that you can get freebie days is what they call it, where you could actually have the whole property to yourself. That seems pretty strict. And I think they're starting out in Seattle, but I'm sure they're going to expand. So here's how it works. You choose the home. You qualify for the loan amount with a bank. I've never heard of this bank, Umpqua. (laughs) Have you you heard of that? No, I haven't. You have to put 1% towards the down payment. Loftium will then estimate the income potential of renting the home's spare bedroom Airbnb and will then offer a lump sum prepayment to use towards the remaining down payment. In exchange, you'll be required to list the bedroom and Airbnb and manage the rental process for a fixed period of time ranging from 12 to 36 months. Mm-hmm. And you will, you know, depending on the situation, you'll, you'll receive between 10 to 40% of the Airbnb income each month. Obviously, this depends on, you know, the amount of money that you borrow and also on the rate that you charge for your room. I think it's pretty cool because this will help a lot of people become a homeowner, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds sounds great in theory. They're going to see how demand goes. It sounds like the pilot with Fannie will be just in Seattle, and they're going to see if demand is strong enough. And if people are following their contracts, make sure they're renting the 357 days out of the year and paying their mortgages on time. So I guess you have to make sure that part goes well (laughs) before they start expanding. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And in the New York Times, they've created a nice little overview as an example. So imagine that Loftium provides $50,000. You then buy a home and let's say the rental fees is $150,000 and then you assume a 75% occupancy, which means that the proceeds expected from the Airbnb rental over three years time is about $120,000. And then the homeowner gets to keep thirty-six thousand. Loftium share is fifty thousand. Is the uh, the repayment of what they borrowed them, and then they make about thirty-four thousand. So, you know, the profits is kind of being split between the homeowner and Loftium. Yeah, to me, the nightly rental fee of one hundred fifty dollars seems a little high considering you're just renting a room in an apartment. So, I I don't know if that is realistic or not. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, if you put $50,000 down, I don't know how much you have to put down in the US, maybe 10, 20%. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair estimate? So that would be. Yeah, mean, 20% typically. I, I don't think everybody does, but that's the standard. Right. That they so, request. okay. So if it's 20% and you could buy a, a $250,000 home with the 50000 down payment. And so. You know, to rent out a room for 150 night, it's it does, yeah, I de- it definitely seems a little it seems high. high. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Because for 250, I mean, I don't know the prices in Seattle, but the places where you can charge 150 dollars a night, that's like downtown New York, you know, downtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. maybe like Santa Monica or something, or mm-hmm. you now definitely the expensive area. So yeah, I think this yeah, example think is a little point- optimistic. <laughs> I agree. I agree. At that point, people are going to pay a little bit more. If you have the budget to pay $150 a night, why not pay a little bit more and get your own place or find something that maybe is not as nice and have your own place? Yeah, we'll we'll see how their model works out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think the corporation Fenny is important and it states that they're not going to expand. It's really like a trial. They just launched. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, I looked at their website 
And I started chatting, you know, they have this little chat box that, the, that you see on a lot of websites these days. And so I chatted with somebody from, I don't know, like customer support or something. And then uh, I mentioned the podcast. And so then the co-founder actually came on. The CEO and co-founder came on the chat. Oh, wow. So, Very cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, her name awesome. is uh, Yi Fang. And so I'm actually talking to her tomorrow to interview her to so that we can find out more about the details, like how everything works. And cool. uh, and then on Monday, that will be published. So if there's okay. a, so I'll ask her some questions. Like, for example, I wonder what happens if... You know, they give you the money, you buy the house, and you start renting out on Airbnb. What if, for whatever reason, you stop renting, right? Let's say, right. you know, you get right. pregnant, you get a kid, and now you don't want people in your house anymore. Or maybe, you know, there's some legal changes in the regulations that prevent you from hosting. You know, or any Neighbors other Neighbors reason. start complaining. Exactly. Like, what, what would happen? Because if you haven't paid back, you know, what they borrowed you, Plus, you know, some extra that they want to make. Now, then they would be losing out. So, interested to know how that happens. I'm sure they have some like conditions. But then also the question is, you know, let's say that if you stop hosting on Airbnb, that you have to pay everything back. Then what if that person doesn't have the money? Like, how are they going to go after people and get that money back? My guess is they probably make a pretty good margin. And they're probably hoping that enough people will, you know, end up paying them back so that they can use some of the profits to you know, to cover the losses of some of the people who quit. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, we'll find out. I'll ask. Great. Can't wait to hear that one. It's actually the second startup in this space. I, there's another startup called ClearBank, and they do mm -hmm. a similar thing. They're like financing for the new economy. They help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. ClearBank with a C, Canadian company. I've actually spoke to them as well. They do something similar. They can give you money, but the way they do it is they only provide money for people who've already showed that they are successful on Airbnb. So if you're a seasoned host, you know, you already have a lot of reviews and you've already made some money on Airbnb, they can actually provide you with up to $100,000. And I think their model is pretty similar. Uh, they just take a percentage of the profits for a certain amount of time. And it's for renovations, I believe, not not actually purchasing properties is what my understanding was, but they could have changed that. Yeah, I think that's that was initially their intention, but now I'm just checking out their website right now, and it says what you can do with the cash advance, new furniture, new property or renovation, and then there's two testimonials. One of them is a guy who bought a bunch of new furniture, but then there's another testimonial from somebody who has actually bought a new property. Mm, yeah. So, right. yeah, pretty cool. Let's see. There's some news regarding regulations in Paris. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. You have to register now with the city if you are a host on Airbnb because they're basically, I guess, monitoring the vacation and corporate rentals. So it's kind of their way of they have a, a housing crisis, which many cities do right now have a housing crisis. And it's kind of their way of cracking down because they only let short-term rentals for 120 days of the year. So we've talked to potential clients there, and it's about working around those those four months as far as hospitality and guidebooks and stuff, which is our industry. And I wonder, do you have to register as well if you rent out just a room? Mm. It doesn't say, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that would really affect the short term 
or the housing crisis that they're talking about. But perhaps it could because people looking for roommates might not be able to find somebody to room with because Mm -hmm. that house is going to an Airbnb short-term guest instead. So yeah, that's a good question. I didn't see that in the article. Well, it states that it's for homes. It says the authorities will make it mandatory for all landlords renting their homes. So mm-hmm. I guess it's just for entire apartments. You know, that makes sense because the rule, the 120 day rule is also just for entire places, not for rooms. Right. And it says for owners. So yeah, it would be the owner of the properties. Yeah. Not the necessarily had, somebody who's renting. The registration website opens on October 2nd and owners will have two months to comply. Hmm. And yeah. they, they have a similar you- thing in San Francisco, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm actually in LA, but I believe there's something similar. I'm not sure what the compliance rate is. How do you make those people comply? The UN actually released a study earlier this year about a global housing crisis. They recommended or kind of mandated that governments need to hold the housing market accountable. I'm not sure if this comes on the tails of that, but there are a lot of cities around the world that are having housing, affordable housing shortages. And the UN has basically called on, on these governments like to, to avoid a global crisis to take action. And it states that a lot of real estate is becoming more about investment than about housing, about having a home which is a basic human necessity. It was interesting study that was released. And now you see what Paris is doing, what San Francisco has done. We'll see if other cities follow suit. Absolutely. And yeah, it's kind of a bit of a trend, right? That all those cities are uh, you know, increasing the regulations. The question also is what they're going to do in terms of the enforcement, because you can, you can create all sorts of regulations, but if you don't enforce it, then you're kind of like implicitly allowing it, right? Right, right, exactly. I mean, they don't probably have the resources to enforce it, but it's like I think in New York where the fines can be exorbitant if they do catch you because they want to make an example and they don't have the manpower to go around cracking down on people who are violating the the rule. Absolutely. Hosts, I am having so much fun running my Airbnb and hosting travelers from all around the world. I have to admit though, ensuring my guests receive all the details about their stay on time can be stressful and overwhelming. Recently, I learned about a cool new service called Aviva IQ. Aviva IQ automates, personalizes, and delivers my guest communications automatically, so I don't have to. Now I can relax knowing my guests are informed and happy. Did I mention a Viva IQ is free? Get your life back at www.avivaiq.com. There's another article, an Airbnb love story. Isn't that oh, yeah. nice? <laughs> that, was a, that was a cute, cute story, right? A woman who found love sharing her room on Airbnb or renting her room out on Airbnb. It was really sweet, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's very cute. It, it reminds me of that sleepless in Seattle when people were finding each other online initially, like decades ago. You probably were a baby at the time. And uh, <laughs> and this is kind of like the new age. Like, you know, maybe this could be a screenplay at some point where people are falling in love on Airbnb, <laughs> through Airbnb. 
Exactly. And, uh, the, you know, this house was a little bit uh, hesitant in the beginning to accept, you know, guests. She never normally accepted uh, same-day guests, but because this particular man, his picture looked like a little dorky and, and she thought he's probably harmless. So, you know, I'll, I'll make an exception and I'll, I'll accept this person into my house, which shows that if you give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, then something beautiful can come out of it. He let himself into the house. And when she came back, she found him on the couch with both of her cats. <laughs> so he already showed that he can, you know, she's probably a cat lover. And, and when she saw him on the couch with the cats, he probably thought, oh, okay, well, he gets along with my cats. So that was probably a plus. He asked her uh, if she likes crepes. You know, these yeah. guys are from France. You know, they have a very tasty crepes over there. Right. So uh, he, I think he actually ended up making her some crepes as well. And they ended up having like long conversations. But the funny part is, and the interesting part is that at some point, you know, she felt very attracted to this man. You know, she started to wonder, like, is he going to kiss me? Like, what's going to happen? And, you know, he probably thought, I don't know if it's appropriate to, you know, to try and hook up with my Airbnb host. So it seemed right. like he was a little passive. And then at some point, she decided to uh, give him a little uh, motivation. And she told him, I really want to kiss you, but I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. What do you think? And then he said, I want to kiss you too. And then <laughs> I imagine they kissed. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. actually state whether they did or not. Anyway, that's uh, an interesting love story. He ended up going back to Europe and then they had a long distance relationship. And now they're trying to figure out how they can be together. But the interesting question that it brings up is, what if you are an Airbnb host and you have a guest that you feel attracted to? Would you as a host, would you hook up the, the person or would you say, no, this is like a business relationship. Let's not combine those two. Yeah, what, this what is are what we really want to hear for your, we really want to hear right now from the get paid for you, for your pad fans and followers. <laughs> Please message, <laughs> message in your thoughts on this. I think it's totally awkward and I don't think it's a very common thing. I, it's a surprising ending for them, I think. Yeah, I think it also depends on whether you are sharing your space with somebody. I think, you know, of course, from my perspective, you know, I've had attractive women stay in my in my apartment, but if I would get to meet them, that would be only for the check in, right? I mean, yeah. maybe I've hung out with uh, with with some guests a little bit more, you know, go for coffee or or maybe have a drink or something. I would definitely be very, very hesitant to, you know, to try and hook up with a guest just because you don't know how that's going to end. And, you know, <laughs> and, and then it, might, good, it <laughs> might not be good for business. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you meet somebody through Airbnb, though, and after they check out and you stay in touch with them or something, then that's a different story, right? From the perspective of a guest, because I've always stayed in a lot of Airbnbs, I guess most of the time I've, I haven't really... I had much interaction with the host. I, I remember going for coffee with a, with a girl one time. But yeah, no, I've never hooked up with a host. Yeah. <laughs> but what I do know is that on couchsurfing, people hook up quite a lot. Oh, really? I've been told. I've actually never really used couchsurfing, but I've been told that uh, a lot of people who are kind of a little lonely and they go on couchsurfing and then they, you know, they try to find an attractive host. Well, there's free accommodation, but it's also an easy way to kind of, uh, you know, get to know somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's a few questions from the listeners that we can discuss. Uh, there's a question about Texas. 
somebody asked can i only list my home on airbnb or do i need to actually have rentals before the end of the year to claim deductions for this year can i claim the deductions next year for the improvements and spending that occurred this year i actually don't know the answer to that i'm not so familiar with u.s taxes do you have any thoughts i would say contact your cpa for sure yeah and i wanted to <laughs> you know, mention I, also, I don't want to give any wrong tax advice <laughs> yeah me neither uh but uh what i will say is uh, there's a website shared economy cpa it's run by derek somebody who i know and i know that he has very good advice on these matters he specializes in uh, texas for airbnb house so i'm sure on his blog or if you send him an email he'll be happy to respond so let's see what else do we have oh yeah does having a day before and after each booking really hurt me? I like to be able to clean myself, which is why I do that. So there's a host who doesn't want to accept back-to-back bookings because he'd like to have a little time, an extra day to be able to clean the apartment. And the question is, like, is that really going to hurt my Airbnb business? Well, from my perspective, oh, I think it's a she actually, I said he, from my perspective, Obviously, you're going to miss out on bookings because you're going to have all these like one day gaps. You know, the question is, are you okay with giving up that income? How important do you feel it is to clean the apartment yourself? Because if you can rent it out for an extra day and charge like $200 and pay somebody to clean the apartment for 50, you're still making $150. And, you know, if you have, I, I used to have like five or six bookings per month. So if I would have like a gap day, in between all those bookings, that would be like five days, which is out of 30. Now that's like almost 20%. So I imagine it will, it'll probably cost you somewhere between 10 and 20% of your potential revenue. And you know, I, I wouldn't really want to give that up. What do you think? I completely agree. And save yourself the trouble. Just hire somebody to do it and then fill in that calendar. Yeah. All right. So we are in agreement. <laughs> Well, save yourself the headache. <laughs> save, yeah, save time, make more money. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've all, wow, we've already been talking for 25 minutes. It always goes by so fast. Yeah, it does. It does. Good topics today. Thanks Great for joining, topics. Nicole. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. And for all the listeners, don't miss the episode coming Monday because then I'll be interviewing the CEO and co-founder of this new startup. Loftium. So we want to all hear all about that, of course. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that. Awesome. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening and see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.